Arizona Sports is proud to present the Uprising Podcast. Uprising Podcast. Hello and welcome into the Uprising Podcast, a podcast about Phoenix Rising Football Club. I am your host, Jake Anderson. Today, my guest is former Phoenix Rising defender and current assistant coach, Peter Ramage. But he won't have that title for much longer, as Saturday will actually be his final match with the club, as he is headed to Newcastle United's under-23s to be an assistant coach as well. Prior to his coaching days, Rambo actually came up through Newcastle's youth system, and he made his first Premier League start against Manchester United at Old Trafford in 2005. He then would go on to play for the likes of QPR and Crystal Palace, before ending up with Phoenix Rising, just to name a couple teams. So, Rambo, first off, congrats. How are you? I'm not too bad, mate. Not too bad at all. I uh, can't imagine why. First off, congrats on the move, uh, the Thanks future move, much. I should say. Um, but before we dive into that, how are you doing with, with COVID, with everything that's been happening? How are you, uh, Peter Ramage, the person? Um, oh, good question. Um, it's been, uh, it's been a tough time with the family. Kids have been off school, so trying to entertain two young girls. Uh, is not as easy as it uh, it's not an easy task so fatherhood's been uh, it's just been basically being dad um, which has been great to spend time with my with my wife and kids but unfortunately it's kind of spending time in each other's pockets in the house and um, yeah it's been uh, it's been challenging but uh, it's been nice as well I mean it's it's been tough and it's been tough for us all um, but it's been a little bit more probably challenging for us because we're a million miles from all family and friends and things like that. And obviously with isolation, you're, uh, like I said, you're in each other's pockets. So let's dive into Newcastle now. You will be uh, returning to be part of the under-23 staff. Kind of take me through how that all came to be. I know you're, you were in their youth academy and used to play for them, so I imagine you've always had some kind of contact with them, or was it just out of the blue? No, I mean, um, when I retired from, from here in Phoenix, I went back and worked at the academy. So I was in there working with the under-13, uh, under sorry, isn't, uh, it was my title. I was officially uh, the under-13s coach, but I was also working with the 23s and uh, learning the role, learning the, um, the coaching side of things. And... Um, yeah, I kept in touch with all these guys. Ben Dawson, who's the head of coach and uh, has been a real mentor of mine uh, probably over the last three to five years. And when I'm making that transition from from playing into coach and speaking to Ben on how to kind of construct sessions, what to look for in uh, scout film and things like that. So um, in terms of this position, he just called me up on, uh, I think it was, a couple, well, 10 days ago and said, there's a position opening up. We'd like to, uh, we'd like to talk about it with you. Um, what do you feel? And I said I was interested, obviously, but I had to speak to to Rick and to Bobby and uh, the guys here at Phoenix before I uh, before I even sat down with Newcastle. And you know, Rick in particular was um, fully supportive of me um, coming and or going and, and chatting to them and seeing what the role entailed. And uh, the same with Bobby too. The, the pair of them have been um, nothing short of brilliant with me throughout this process. And only took a couple of days, but we agreed to agree to deal and, and and I fly out a week today. So obviously, getting up and moving across the world is, is never an easy decision or a hasty decision that you should make. I should say. 
what kind of things went into your decision-making process? Um, the opportunity to be at home, from, first and foremost, for my family. Um, I've got, like I said, I've got two young daughters, and God bless my eldest, Evie, who's nine-year-old. She's been... Um, I think she's had more nursing, or she's been in more schools and uh, kindergartens than she has been years that she's been alive. She's kind of followed me around over the last, well, six, seven years. It, it's time for, for us to settle. Um, we planned to settle here. And I stressed uh, to Bobby and to Rick that the only place I would probably have left Phoenix for would have been Newcastle because it's where we grew up we've got like I said we've got the family there the girls have got friends there that they still speak to um from before we came out here um I mean before I was even talking to Newcastle even knew there was a job me and my wife had um you know, we started looking to uh, you know settle roots here and buy a house and become fully fledged Arizonians um so when Newcastle came calling it's the only club that I would have I would have even considered leaving for uh, Phoenix for and you know, it's, I'm going to leave with a heavy heart, but in my mind, the, the decision was, was down to family, but also down to football-wise, the chance to work in the Premier League um, at a level where I, I feel comfortable having kind of interned in that role. Um, so, yeah, there was a couple of things that went through my mind, but I, the draw of being home and, um, was probably at the forefront of my mind. Yeah, obviously no one can can knock you for, for putting your family above everything. And I think when we all saw the news, seeing that it was Newcastle, it was kind of like an okay, that makes sense kind of thing. <laughs> um, in terms of the actual position, um, what is it that you'll be doing and how will that differ from what you were doing here in Phoenix? Uh, it's not really going to be much change in terms of my role. I'm going to be assistant to the head coach um, for the under-23s, who's, who's a guy called Chris Hogg, really, really experienced. Um, very good coach, really good coach, and I've had you know a number of meetings with him over the last couple of days, uh, and I'm really, really looking forward to to working for him and uh, and alongside him. You know, he's so my job is basically going to be kind of similar to what I'm doing here, and assisting Rick and Blair, and I'll be assisting Chris, and you know, hopefully, um, somewhat different in regards to um, my remit in terms of we don't, you know, obviously winnings what everybody wants, but our job is to try and get players into the first team at Newcastle United. And, you know, I kind of, if you want to compare it, it's a similar kind of uh, team to LA Galaxy 2 or RGV or, um, you know, Reno, the teams that are uh, Portland 2. The, the teams that are kind of in our league, there are, there are two teams. That's the kind of role I'm moving into uh, or the team I'm kind of moving into if you want to compare it. But, you know, we're going to be trying winning games, but in winning games, we'll hopefully produce players for the first team. So I'll ask you about the, uh, the heartfelt, what you're going to miss most later. But first, let me ask you, what are you looking forward to the most in your, your new coaching journey? Um, oh, geez, that's a good question. Um, I'm, looking work, I'm looking forward to working first and foremost for the football club. It's my... It's my club. You cut me in half. One half's black, one half's white. And um, so working back at the club with the guys that I kind of began my coaching journey with, there's a lot of lot of talented coaches at the club that are going to help me with my development. You know, I've already begun the process of getting on a few uh, a few of the advanced coaching licenses, which you know I'm I'm looking forward to. Um, 
you know, testing myself in a different environment, uh, testing myself with, um, you know, potential to work with, you know, some of the first team stars that are going to be at Newcastle that might come down to our group. Um, but I'm just looking forward to, uh, I'm just looking forward to getting back on the grass and, and coaching at the at a level where I feel like I I know that level in terms of I've come through the system. I understand where these guys are, what these guys are going through. So trying to kind of impart my wisdom and into them and uh, and help them kind of follow a similar path to me from from academy and uh, reserve team football into first team football. So what would you say is your ultimate goal in your coaching career? Do you want to become Newcastle's first team manager? Do you want to become <laughs> maybe England's manager one day if you have enough success? Um, do you know what it is? I haven't set myself that kind of goal because um, I've found in this game you can set yourself whatever kind of goal you want, but the, there's so much that goes on uh, through course of time that goals will change. At this moment in time, one of my goals was working in the Premier League um, or at a Premier League club. Um, and I'm about to do that. So I'm already hitting one of my goals. My next goal is just to, is to try and get players through. Um, and then, yeah, maybe down the line, moving to first team. I don't know if I'm brutally honest with you. It's, it's, not, it's not something I have a desire for at this moment in time. Um, I mean, I've absolutely treasured my time here at Phoenix working at the senior level um, I wish I could have you know I could have won a championship before I left but I'm going back to a club where I know um, and I know what the remit is for me and, and I'm excited with that at this moment in time yeah you guys have had a lot of success in Phoenix for sure uh, both you know as a player and uh, as a manager Rick yesterday during uh, his conversation with us was telling us about how much you two go back and forth with the American versus <laughs> English battle, especially when it comes to Arsenal. So I just wanted to hear what are some of the favorites you like to give him stick about? Um, honestly, obviously, Arsenal have been in a kind of a transitional period for the last, oh, Fleming, Fleming, it must be 10 years. You know, he's still trying to claim onto the hope they're a top four side. And <laughs> I'm like, no, Rick, you're a year <laughs> You're in the mid-table group with us. Um, didn't even qualify for Europe this year. Exactly. That's what, you know what it is? He's sitting in the office right now trying to work out how Arsenal can get into the Europa Cup. <laughs> and the only way they can get into it is winning the FA Cup. He's like, yeah, but if Chelsea win it, you know, this and that. No, Rick, no. <laughs> you don't get in it. So it's been... Uh, I'll miss that. You know, I'll miss the, the conversations with him. He's been... He was the guy that brought me over here, um, you know, when he got the interim role and... Um, you know, both me and Blair were at, uh, in the first stage of our coaching careers and he, and he showed an unbelievable amount of trust in us uh, and in particular myself um, to come out here and, and, and coach and I'll be eternally grateful. You know, we're going to be on the, on the calls every day, every week, you know, just keep chit-chatting away. Um, he's a guy who's, who means a lot to me as a, as a coach uh, and a leader, but also as a friend. Um, I got on really well with him when I when he was the assistant and I was the player and you know that our, our relationship has grown and um, you know I'm going to miss all them guys in the office uh, Rick Blair Corey um, you know Cookies and Brandon Moran's just started Brennan Hodge Nate Nate Perlman Shafiq the Kitman these we've got a really really close group in that um, and that side of things it's um, we all get on really well we have our we fight like cats and dogs but. Um, it's only because we, we have a lot of care for each other. And, and I'm going to miss these guys. I really am. And it's, it's why I'm leaving with a heavy heart. I know that I was a big, tough centre-half, but 
I know for a fact there's going to be a few tears shed over the next couple of days. Well, I think something that came with no surprise was the outpour of you know, emotion and thanks from coaches, players, ownership, everyone um, just saying congrats to you and how much you meant to them in their journey, in their footballing career. What does that mean to you as you'll be departing Phoenix? Um, that means more to me than anything that they feel that I've had, you know, just a small impact on them, on their careers and on their lives. Um, you know, we have the, we have the all blacks saying, you know, better men make better all blacks. And, um, and we've tried to build that kind of culture here over the last two years. Um, and for them to say that about me means that, you know, we're, we're living by that culture because that's how I live my life. And, you know, I've really been, you know, I was sitting last night reading the comments and really touched by, you know, and particularly, I, I mean, Joey Farrell and Santi, two different spectrums of, the, of my time. You know, I've, I've been working with Joey for the last two and a half years and that guy's like a, he's like a son to me. Um, and then you've got Santi who's only been in for a couple of months and, you know, to see the touch of messages that them, you know, them two, I'm, I'm only just using them two just as, as, as examples, but it's been lovely to see all them messages written in. You know, I said to the guys yesterday when, you know, we announced that I was leaving that they're saying goodbye. It's kind of just to see you later. Um, I'm going to still be on at these guys. I'm going to be watching the games every single game. Um, if I see something that needs to be said, I'll, you know, they know that I'm not forward and coming backwards. I'll be, uh, or not backwards and coming forward, sorry, I should say. I'll be, I'll be on at them, um, even from thousands of miles away in the, the cold, blustery northeast. But um, these guys, the players, we've brought a, a really good group in that are going to be successful. I've got absolutely no doubt about that. And, you know, that whilst there are talented guys, they're also um, really good human beings. And um, I'm just so pleased and happy and, and somewhat proud of myself that I've, you know, kind of played a little bit of or had a little bit of impact on them. If you end up watching these matches live, you better let them know because you'll be watching them at about, what, three, four in the morning? Oh, well, I did when I was before, – before I came back out here, I was doing so. Yeah, really? I was watching the, yeah, I was watching the games. I mean, uh, I just love watching football. And when I have an invested interest in a team, I'll get up at, any, at all hours of the morning to, to watch them. So, you know, if I don't watch it, you know, at two, three o'clock in the morning, I'll be watching it at six o'clock, in, or six o'clock when I wake up, which is – or five o'clock when I wake up when I normally and I'll be watching the games and but um yeah I'm I'm I'll be a follower of Phoenix Rising for as as long as I'll be on this earth this club has meant a hell of a lot to me the owners have been unbelievable to both me and my wife and my kids um you know and again you talk about some of the players but some of the messages I've had from the owners um you know I've been I was here when it was Arizona United and you know me and Blair were training out of apartment blocks up by the TPC on the on the park fields and you know to see what these guys have done over the last four years um to make the brand the way that it is and it's only going to get better I'm I'm just so honored to have you know had an opportunity again to play a small part in that you never know what happens in the future um you know I never say never in football I didn't think I was going to come back when I retired and you know ended up coming back as a coach so you never know. There might not be. There might be a ramble part three coming up. I think this year especially has shown us that literally expect what is not even fathomably possible, and it could still happen. This next question is probably going to be tough and a one that puts you on the spot. But 
when you look back at your time at Phoenix Rising, what are your best memories? What comes to mind first? Oh, uh, that's a good question. Um, obviously, I mean, it goes without saying the, the, the win in the, the regular season last year. I mean, from start to finish, that was our goal. That was our aim, was to win that, was to beat Cincinnati's record of the previous year. Um, so breaking all them records. Um, I think the one particular moment last year was, uh, was Austin away. Um, we got beat 1-0. And myself, well, Rick, myself, Blair, we didn't need to say anything. These guys recognised what needed to be done. And they turned it around with our guidance, but they turned it around and we went on a 20-game winning streak. To see that the anger amongst each other and with each, and with each other, with themselves, with the whole group, it was quite inspiring because then we went on the 20 games. And through that 20 games, there's not one particular moment that stands out. Every single game was incredible. And then to top it up and win it here against OKC, uh, to beat Cincinnati's record, that year was just it was unbelievable. But then, you know, you can talk about 2018 when we got to the Western Conference final. And, um, you know, Didier's uh, last game, his last season, and almost, you know, finishing in a fitting manner for him. Uh, to be honest with you, to answer and put me on the spot for one, I've kind of talked for about a minute, 90 seconds there. That, and that's the problem. I don't have one particular moment that stands out. There's just been a whole collection of, uh, of memories that will stay with me for a lifetime. Well, not a lot of players eventually become coaches for the same club. Um, you have a chance. Well, you are doing that uh, for two, actually. Um, so that's <laughs> a, very, a very unique position that you find yourself in. Um, I'll ask you a teary question here. What are you going to miss the most about Phoenix Rising? The weather. The weather. I'm going to be going home to the northeast of England. The sleet, snow, rain, and all sorts is going to be battering off my face. And I know for a fact, once I'm finished training, I'm going to have a message of Corey, Rick, or Blair with them applying sun cream and, you know, the glorious, beautiful Arizonian weather over here. It's, uh, yeah, I'll miss the weather. But no, I'll, I'll miss... I'll just, I mentioned it before. I'll miss the staff. I'll miss the players, um, the day-to-day interactions with these guys. Um, you know, for me as a player, moving into coaching, the biggest thing I missed, and that was the kind of the locker room banter. Um, I know quite a lot of people, ex-pros, say that, and, it, and that's true and that's evident. And that's what I'm going to miss about these guys is, you know, not coming in on a daily basis and, you know, having a laugh and a joke before we go out to work and then working with these guys on the, on the training field and then coming in and, you know, putting on a Premier League game and watching a game and arguing, you know, that Newcastle's better than Arsenal with Rick and, uh, and having that laugh and joke and that camaraderie that we have. Um, I'm really going to miss that. But I've made friends for life here. I'll be keeping in touch with each and every single one of them. You know, they've all had an impact on my life that um, has, has helped me grow and helped me ultimately get this opportunity to go back to Newcastle. So, looking forward to Saturday. That will be your last match with the team uh, against El Paso. Uh, Rick said yesterday that you asked for three points for a parting gift. Um, yeah. You guys haven't been able to get three points the last two matches. What is it that you guys need to do in, to ensure a three-point parting gift for you? Score one more goal than El Paso. <laughs> Simple. Um, 
these boys just need to believe in themselves. Um, these guys have these guys are an incredible bunch that you know try to to better themselves every day. We faced, I believe, is going to be one of the teams that are going to be challenging for the uh, the overall thing and at the come the end of the season in Orange County. They've been our fierce rivals over the last couple of years and and they are a very very good team. Um, who got the better of us. Um, so we just have to, we've worked hard. We've had a really good session today. Um, these guys are ready. Um, and whilst, yeah, it'd be great for me to, to, to leave with a win, it's just another game for these boys that they've got to pick up three points to get to their, to get to their target. So, you know, me leaving isn't, doesn't change the fact that, you know, I'm asking for three points, but three points is what we ask of these guys each and every week. And it's just the next game that we've got to focus on, which is El Paso. Um, who again are going to be one of the the front runners for the for the honours at the end of the season? Really, really good side. But we've got to we've got to believe in ourselves that we can get back to winning ways. And these guys have that belief. And you know we're going to go out there with all guns blazing. Um, you know after you know two disappointing results and uh, and try and go out there and, and get a win. I want to go back a little bit to when you were talking about winning the supporters shield. So that season, 2019, last year, we saw obviously that you guys fell short in the playoffs, but something that Rick always talked about, and I agree with personally, is the work that you guys did over the regular season compared to a four-game knockout-style tournament is apples and oranges. Yeah. Um, from someone who uh, came from the Prem and came to America and saw how the American soccer model is and works and the fans – and everything that goes into that, what are your thoughts on the two, the tournament at the end of a, of a, of a long season? <laughs> I have conflicting views in it. It's the American way, isn't it? You have playoffs in basketball, you have playoffs in baseball and NFL. Um, it's, I mean, back in England, the Premier League obviously don't have it, but you have the playoffs in the Championship League 1 and League 2. It's, it's, a, great, it's a great little mini competition. Um, it's a chance, you know, to win another trophy. Um, it's the one that we all strive to win at the start of the season. But for me, um, you know, my my own personal target was to get these guys to win the regular season because that's over the course of 34 games. That's a, that's telling you that you are you are consistently the best. Um, like you said, the playoffs is over four games. Excuse me. We can, you know, we. We started last season, I think it was 0-0-4, zero, zero, zero you know, four draws in the first uh, first four games. Um, but then we ultimately won the league by at a canter. So, it's the Americans, we know this is how, it got, how it's done. Um, my feelings on it doesn't count, or doesn't really matter because, you know, we want to win every single game that we go out to. We want to win every single trophy that we can win. Um, that's the mentality. That's the that's the targets that we set ourselves and and should be setting ourselves. And you know, yes, we were disappointed last season to to not win the you know the the USL Cup, but it doesn't take away the fact that you know we were we were the best team over 34 games and and quite rightly won that regular season championship. Yeah, and the Liverpool winning Champions League but finishing just short of the Prem was the example I used all of last year and that Liverpool lost more matches in Champions League than they did the Prem, but still could not win the Prem. 
And that just shows how hard it is when you are playing that many matches over the course of a season and what you guys did to not only win it, but win with every record possible was absolutely astonishing. And I'm happy I was able to witness it and report it with you guys. And I just wanted to say thank you so much uh, for your time today. Thank you for what you've done for Phoenix Rising. Um, I'm kind of sad this might be the last time we talk for a long time. (laughs) So I want to thank you for your professionalism and working with us in the media. And good luck to you in the future at Newcastle. Yeah, thanks so much. It's been uh, it's been great to uh, to chat with you over the last couple of years, and you know we'll be I'm sure we'll be in touch over the the time to come. Uh, like I said, I'm still going to be a follower of of all things to do with Phoenix Rise, and so I'll be uh, I'll be keeping an eye on things, and um, I'm sure we'll chat over that time as well. So thank you for your for your stuff over the over the last couple of years. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. Well, uh, up, I'll see you from a distance on on Saturday, and uh, and no good luck against El Paso. Thanks very much, mate. Cheers now. I'll see you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And that's going to do it for this edition of the Uprising Podcast. Phoenix Rising's next match is once again on Saturday against El Paso at Casino Arizona Field. And following last week's results, Phoenix currently sits in third place in Group B with 7 points, while San Diego leads the way with 10, and Los Dos finds themselves sandwiched in between at 9. OC and Vegas then round out the remainder of the group with 5 points and 1 point. Saturday's kickoff is set for 7.30. And you can catch all the action live on ESPN 620 AM or listen to the exclusive audio stream on ArizonaSports.com and the new Arizona Sports app, which is now available for both iOS and Android. For all things Phoenix Rising, be sure to head over to ArizonaSports.com, download the new Arizona Sports app, and you can also follow me on Twitter at JWA1994. Until next time, ci vediamo, a dopo, ciao.